Long ago, the television actor was on your TV show. The podcaster was discussing the TV show on their podcast. And And never never the the twain twain shall meet. But those days are long dead. In the age of the TV rewatch podcast, actors have invaded the podcast scene and stolen the hard-earned downloads from regular working Joes and Jims and Jacobs. And with nowhere else to turn, no other respite or avenue, there was only one direction to go, one unexplored land. Shows what you know, the podcast about television is dead. And from its ashes rises the podcast about the podcasts about television. Welcome to a new era. Welcome to a new land. Welcome to Talking Sopranos. Sopranos co-stars Michael Imperioli and Steve Shirapa host the definitive Sopranos rewatch podcast. Michael and Steve follow the Soprano series episode by episode, giving fans all the inside info, behind-the-scenes stories, and little-known facts that could only come from someone on the inside. Talking Sopranos also features interviews with additional cast members, producers, writers, production crew, and special guests. Along with talking about the Sopranos, Michael and Steve will also share candid conversations about the entertainment business, their friendship, and all the folks they've met along the way. This is a must-listen for all Sopranos fans. A Sopranos podcast. What a great (laughs) idea, Jim. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Mm. Uh, So, yeah. I mean, I guess full disclosure, right? If you weren't aware, Jacob and I also hosted a Sopranos podcast called Cuts of Black, a Sopranos sit-down. Actually, I want to pull up. What is our description? (laughs) I should have. <laughs> yeah, um, let's, let's balance this out. Let's review. Oh, should we review our own? No, we couldn't. We couldn't possibly. Maybe eventually. Uh, Cut to Black, a Sopranos sit down. What more could be said about the Sopranos? Well, frankly, quite a bit. Join seasoned Sopranos vet Jim Scampoli and Sopranos Virgin. Yes, they exist. Jacob Burrows as they embark on a journey through all six seasons of the Sopranos, starting with episode one. Whether you've seen them all multiple times or you're just now getting around to it, There'll be adventure, excitement, and plenty of gabagool. Interact during the live recordings on our YouTube channel or send comments and thoughts to shows what you know show at gmail.com. That's a mighty fine description. Wow. <laughs> don't say so myself. I think um I, I think I would go so far as to say that this show, to Pat Pat, as we've affectionately started calling it, to Pat Pat, the podcast about the podcast about television shows, uh wouldn't exist if not for talking sopranos because this yeah. was such a natural handoff this the timing couldn't have been more apt and it kind of brought to light how many of these were coming out around that time so our sopranos podcast uh, i actually don't have i don't have this date we were looking up a bunch of dates earlier but i don't know when we started ours but it was 2018 i believe um yes, that we started yeah, our sopranos like podcast and our podcast ran until the, the main show part of it ran until February 27th, 2020 is when we put out our episode on Made in America, the final episode of The Sopranos. And mm. I could finally say, my name is Jacob Burrows and I've watched every episode of The Sopranos. Uh, it was a whole thing. We worked our way there um, through six seasons. And then 
about like a month later, April 6th, uh, I guess a month and a bit, uh, they put out Talking Sopranos episode one uh, in 2020. Or it was actually even a couple of days before we put out our finale, the trailer for Talking Sopranos dropped. And we we were we were genuinely like, phew, like yes. <laughs> we really dodged a bullet there. You don't want to be going up against their show. Like if they'd announced their show at the same time we were starting ours, we probably wouldn't have bothered. Um, and that's the whole thing. Actors invading the podcast scene, right? And it kind of, this was 2020. As we know, Office Ladies came out late 2019. And then this was one of the many shows, actually Made Women, we did an ad for Made Women on the feed for Cut to Black, because yep. that show was also starting around the same time, as were a dozen other shows starting to come out in 2020 in the sort of first big wave. Um, but this for us, emotionally, physically, spiritually, this is a podcast that's like tailor-made for us. We had a Sopranos podcast. Why wouldn't we want these insights that only can be delivered by the people who were there, you know? Absolutely. Because, yes, um, we... Uh, that's why we saved it here for our, you know, our season one finale. Okay, so I, I it was taking me a second. I did find... It looks like, yeah, January of 2018, January 17th is when we uploaded our, our discussion of season one, episode one of The Sopranos. Um, and yeah, so it, it really, the, the timing was so well, I mean, not to mention that once we finished the show, a pandemic broke out, you know, maybe things could have said that maybe we opened those gates, who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's YouTube diatribes all about it. Uh, but yes, we, that was, we already kind of knew that the actors were invading our space, but that was a, a direct hit. And we were so thankful that we'd we'd given our final cut to black per se, as we ended our uh, discussion saying cut to black with the with the finale with enough time that we wouldn't be uh, directly uh, competing with yes stars from the show because it's like oh are we gonna listen to Jim and Jacob or are we gonna listen to um like and you know Christopher uh, Moltisanti yeah, and Bobby Bacala like exactly. it's hard to compete. Um, yeah, as you said, cut to black is what we said at the end of each one. We still have to figure out something for this show to kind of spice up the endings, even though it's a very stupid thing. For our um, for our uh, uh, Cobra Kai one, we had strike first strike hard, no mercy. We mm. still don't know what we're doing for this one, but hey, it's only the first season. Uh, and yeah, there might be a we'll see a delay between seasons, whatever. Ten episodes that what we're that's what we're doing here. There's a chunk of episodes, and fucking leave us some reviews, I guess, and see if we come back. But uh. But yeah, this and and I genuinely think it adds a different level to our kind of read on this show as well because a lot of the ones we've done this season, you know, I really like Avatar, uh, The Last Airbender. You're watching an episode for the first time. We listen to an episode. Like I'm going to be a bit softer on it because I enjoy it or whatever. But it's totally new to you. Versus, you know, Hey, dude, I have no idea what the fuck this thing is. Yeah. You you know it from your childhood. We listen to an episode. Talking Sopranos, like. The Sopranos is a favorite show of both of ours, right? And we've done a podcast on The Sopranos. We've discussed The Sopranos so much. And like it, these two shows are arguably in direct uh, contrast to one another as to what different things can be brought by someone who is an actor on the show versus someone who isn't. And yeah, I don't know. It's uh, as a Sopranos fan, 
if we didn't have a podcast, finding out that Talking Sopranos was coming out. I mean, this is one of the best combinations uh, of people possible. Uh, I mean, yeah. especially with Michael Imperioli, who, as we've said before, it's good to have someone with a bit of writing, a bit of acting. You know, he's written, he's acted, he's a, very much a main character. There's never going to be a James Gandolfini podcast. So, like, when we found out this was coming out, like, obviously we were like that's super cool but because i was so embittered i never really listened to it so this is my first kind of take <laughs> and and we we decided to do what is it episode uh season two episode 18 uh, uh well no no because they had like 13 episodes but maybe 13 episodes a season but maybe it was like the right, yes, yes. episode of the show I, yeah that's I where i got confused know. it's episode five of season two so it's episode 18 of their podcast i believe uh big girls don't cry that's the one specifically we've listened to and, and we'll be reviewing today you've listened to this a bit more than me though beforehand yes right? that's what i was gonna say is i actually have, i've listened to a few episodes of this podcast i i listened to the pine barons episode because uh buscemi's on it and i also listened to a david chase although i think it was just a david chase interview um I know they have him back uh, for the series finale discussion, which I have not listened to yet. And I'm sure maybe that's something maybe eventually as we continue this show, we may circle back around to. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I hadn't heard that one. And I think maybe I listened to one other one of these because I, I kind of I mean, I enjoy it. Um, I'm just trying to see when did they have I think it was like one of the first times they have David Chase. I think a lot of people pick on uh steve shirapa which it's kind of warranted a little bit uh okay yeah they just did a 90 minutes with david chase i don't think it was even really an episode discussion per se it was more just a series discussion which i did listen to um but yeah just just kind of get into it a little bit just talking about the hosts uh like i mean i I don't want to pick on him but I guess it's just because it's almost like he is an extension of his character in a way. Like he seems kind of like an oafish dude. Uh, he, he, I mean, maybe not just this episode, but because I've heard other episodes, he does tend to like barrel over people sometimes when they're trying to talk, uh, which can be very annoying because sometimes you're like, oh shit, you know, David Chase is about to make a point, And then you hear like, uh, did you have any pets? Uh, <laughs> something like that. And it's, Steve Sherpa coming through. Um, I like Michael Imperioli because he's kind of he's very laid back and low key. But then they have these the they have these moments where they just kind of riff with each other, like, and they're just doing bits, but they're not really even um, addressing that they're doing a bit. Like they just kind of like he's. I think on this they're talking about like the wingo meter at a certain point. Um, which I assume they're referring to, you know, Polly's wings. I don't think that's a real uh, thing. No, um, but I think that's that. Jim, is it maybe just too cerebral for you that that is the bit? Like, yeah, because I was like, oh, this seems like a bit. When I was well, it is a bit, to- but what, I guess I like that you wouldn't expect them to do bits because well, outside of like, mm-hmm. you know, Zach uh, Braff and Donald Faison, have we heard any of these hosts like just doing bits like that, like kind of going into it and not even. Not even given a haha, we're just kidding. You know what I mean? Like they just do a bit, act like a thing's real, go back and forth, and they just go back into the discussion. I don't really recall much other rapport in these other shows. Like, I, Jim, there. I feel like you're talking up these bits. What's it be, <laughs> beyond the wingo meter? What are these bits? You well, that's like, just one in this yeah. one. I, again, I haven't heard the other episodes in a yeah. while, but I remember listening to, listening to some of the other episodes, 
and they're just goofing on a thing that's not real. And I just thought it, I just, I'm again, I'm not building it up like, hey, this is the funniest comedy show, but I'm just saying you don't usually expect that from one of these shows because it is typically, oh, you're an actor on the show, you're an actor on the show, you're friendly, you're not friends. Get together, watch your 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 TV show, and talk about it. Like they usually don't have fun with it, is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. That is a good point. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. At the same time, for 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 every wingo meter, uh, there is also yeah. like towards the end of this episode, there's something like Steve Sherpa's like, uh, you know, about make some joke about Michael given busting balls or giving a hard time or something and michael takes it personally and doesn't get what he's saying and he's like i'm kidding i'm kidding and i and, the, and it's like what it's like, like an what, awkward moment what um, moment though well that was genuinely it. it he was talking about uh fuck i don't have the timestamp. i'd wish i'd had it so we could just pull it up right now but it was a real awkward moment i thought where he's like talking about uh his character doing some giving people a hard time or something and then steve starts talking about him give like about michael giving steve a hard time about whatever and then he's like huh what do you mean and then it's like immediately goes to like i'm kidding well again uh, i would need to know i because I, I think i know what i'm trying to remember specifically what he was saying though but yeah, maybe this was a cerebral brit that bit that went over your head though is what i'm saying i think that might even been a bit yeah, I think you get okay. I know we're partial to these fellas, but you're giving way too much leeway on the bit front here. But do you um, think that? Well, do you think that Michael Imperioli was really upset about the James Dean people? Like, I thought they were, they were having a little fun with that. That well. was a bit. That and was a bit. Get my bags on here, and you know, my bitometer is going. I need to get one yeah. off Amazon. But boop, 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 boop. that was that was a bit. Yeah, fair. Um, Which I enjoyed though, where he's like, "Who's these idiots talking about James Dean?" <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about too. We'll get to him. And one thing yeah. I didn't want to comment on that is because it was a, it was a reminder. I mean, outside of them like mentioning the pandemic and stuff, which obviously puts it in a very specific time and place when you listen to it. But um, just this feeling of like, because when they're talking about the James Dean thing, and they're like, "We got to bring some of these people on. We got to talk about this." And it's just this. It reminded me of when we're early in the Sopranos, and it's like this is gonna take forever. And then it's over mm. before you know it. Before you know it, it's like, wait, all of a sudden we're talking about the last episode. I know I sound like a parent sending <laughs> <laughs> their child off to college, but it's yeah. it's the same. It's the same thing. You birth I mean, podcast <laughs> in the world and then and then you're just supposed to say goodbye to it. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard with a show like The Sopranos as well, because yeah, um, yeah, they, they had Terry Winter on turn, uh, and he Which um, highlight what, what, the thing. I, I, if you're if you're getting, in, I just want to say it's. It's everything I want in a podcast was like this first hour with Terrence Winter yeah. on. Yeah, he steals the show. But I was going to say, like, they say to him, like, oh, we'll have you back for this and back for that. And it's like, and they probably did. But mm. Talking Sopranos is over and dead. Yeah. Just like Cut to Black is over and dead. Yeah. Um, I saw on their Twitter they'd done some sort of live show or something. And I'm glad they can they can do wring something out of this. They have a book as well. We'll get into well, it when we do merchandise reviews you know, like- or whatever. Since you're bringing it up, let's talk about that real quick. Because yes, it's dead, but this just shows that they they are very good at keeping this going because they have multiple live um, appearances coming up or, or live shows. And, and I don't know what they do at these shows. Like, are they discussing? Like, are they doing bits? Are they just they're talking Sopranos? 
That's talking I mean. parentheses about Sopranos. But like, are they just retelling stories they've all already told, told on the podcast? Is there a lot more to get into? I mean, I guess it looks like Vincent Pastor, um, the Gabba the Gabba Goblin himself, is going to be on some of these live shows. What was he? Was he the Gabba Ghoul? For people the that Gabba. don't know, we discussed Sopranos <laughs> oh. and commercials on our um, Sopranos podcast, and Vincent Pastor will say yes to anything. Yeah, uh, and he's in a like a deli meat commercial, a Halloween themed. He's got like vampire ears and fangs, and he's the Gabba Ghoul trying to sell you sliced meats. He's also trying to sell you um, the money clip. I forget what it's called. It was just a rubber band. Oh my uh, god, it's stuff. very good. Uh, honestly, like that's uh, in retrospect. I know. I obviously we had great in depth discussions on episodes of The Sopranos, but go listen to our discussion of Sopranos commercials, <laughs> where various actors from The Sopranos just make weird tele like telemarketing. Mm-hmm. No, that's not the word. Was well, like a selling stuff on the air type and basically shit. just but it's like not their characters but they're basically being like their sopranos yeah. characters yeah it's um, great i'm looking well, at some of these shows like i guess the ticket like, tickets can go anywhere from like 50 bucks to like 100 bucks i mean it'd so be cool one? to see them don't get me wrong i'm not like shitting on it i'm just well it just says comedy and conversation so hmm are they doing stand-up like what what is the show which one's closest to you? Which one of these are we going to? I was looking this. Dude, these, they must have been to Vegas before, but I didn't yeah. know about it. Because all these now are, these are mostly like East Coast we're looking at or Midwest. There's Michigan, Connecticut, New York, D.C., Minnesota. Yeah, we can meet, meet in New York in October and do a live review of uh, yes. just record it in the show while they're doing their show. One thing I'm a little bummed out about and annoyed, I guess, starting beef maybe, is mm. that... Um, before they discussed the series finale, episode 90 of Talking Sopranos was the super fan show. Why were we not on this? What? Who were on this? It's a super fan episode. Before they take on the final scene, they want to know what you, the fans, think. Seven incredible super fans join the podcast to talk about Tony's fate. Uh, does it say who they are? It doesn't really say who they are, so I don't know. Maybe they weren't other podcast hosts, but we had a goddamn podcast. Reach out to us. And this regardless. I know I'm I'm trying not to shit on their things. Like I think the merchandising smart and fun and the live shows seem like they're probably fun if they're just kind of goofing and you know, goofing and gabbing and gobbagooling, whatever they're doing. Uh, but this woke up this morning book is uh, from my understanding, it's literally a transcript of the podcast. Like I don't know. Who the fuck's buying that? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, because yeah. it's with Michael Imperioli and Steve Tripper with Philip Lerman, who I assume is the ghostwriter. Just fucking. He's just the poor sap that had to type out every. Well, he had to. He had to. He's the poor sap that had to upload the MP3 audio to an AI system that transcribed. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have. Uh, I, I feel like this came out a little while ago, didn't it? I mean, they couldn't have put it out. Maybe they put it out now. I don't know, but uh, they they still had AI then. They just had the pay. They had the paid one. Pay I. They had Otter. I was using Otter.ai years ago. Yeah, he had to do that, so he's on the book. But yeah, if it's just like maybe I'm being unfair. Maybe there's more to it. But from my understanding, it's mostly a um, a transcription of the podcast. But then again, I mean, if you could make some cash, like that's business savvy. We don't have. We should be putting out books of our podcasts. 
Yeah, a book about the podcast, a book reviewing podcasts is exactly what people want, I think. Look inside. I'm going to, can I, I'm on Amazon for this now. I'm trying to see what we actually have. Yeah, if it has like an excerpt or anything like that, because on, they they link directly to HarperCollins, the publisher, but that doesn't have like an excerpt from it. I'm looking at an excerpt. I mean, it goes back like Steve where were you in your career? Michael, I had done a lot of movies, mostly independent movies. And that's I'm scrolling through and it's Michael and Steve and Steve and Michael. And yeah, it's a transcript basically. So anyway, if there's, <laughs> if there's one, if there's one Sopranos book, you're going to get, get the Sopranos sessions by Matt yeah. Zoller, Zeitz and Alan Sepinwall. I have that book. It's awesome. It's I mean, it has standard like episode breakdowns, but it has uh, great insight in the episodes. It has awesome interviews with like David Chase and I mean other writers and stuff like that. It's really good. Yeah. Um, also, I guess the other thing they're doing, and this is pretty recent, I believe, is that uh, HBO Max or now it's just called Max. I don't even know if that's not even a thing like internationally, right? They they don't have. Is that a streaming service? Uh, you are in Ireland, so I don't think it is. But HBO uh, even a thing? Yeah, I don't know, man. (laughs) How do you? I think I think it's a. I don't think it exists. HBO Max doesn't exist here yet. HBO exists, maybe. Oh, it's there. Definitely is one. Anyway, sorry. I I should be on top of this stuff because these are our competitors, right? (laughs) HBO Max. It is weird to have a podcast on there, even though it's a streaming service and not regular HBO. But like, as far as we can tell, it's just the same thing they have on their YouTube, but on HBO Max. I guess do they link them up with the Sopranos episodes? Is it like an official talkback show? Yeah. Let me see Mm. if I can pull this clip up here on the uh, on the feed. It, yeah. I got something for you. Hey, folks, we are happy to announce that our podcast talking. I mean, the music's, but I guess this is an ad for it, but I was like, the music's a lot. Sopranos is now available on Max. Is that unbelievable, Michael? This is great news. You know, Quasimodo predicted all this. I'm really excited because you know what they did? They added clips to the show. You saying what I think you're saying? So when we're talking about a scene or about an actor, they're gonna, it's gonna pop up on the screen. But on TV, and honestly, I was moved to tears. Yeah, that's the cool thing. I mean, not only do we go through the entire series scene by scene. I think you were. All right, I thought it was gonna be more of an example. So, I mean, we get that's just the ad. I actually heard that ad on my podcast. You're listening, right? Um, but well, because what I was gonna compare it to is because I didn't have time to like watch the episode and then listen to because the podcast is two hours. So what I did, I actually just started playing the episode on mute with subtitles as I was listening to it. And a lot of it synced up really well just as like a commentary almost. Obviously, I assume you did this after the Terrence Winter interview because there's an interview with uh, one of the writers, producers. Yeah, he wrote like 25 episodes or whatever of The Sopranos. uh, And that's pretty much the first hour of this two-hour episode. He does steal the show. He makes what comes after it less interesting, I think, because it's so engaging. It has very little to do with Michael and Steve. I mean, they, they don't like 
get in the way or anything, but it's clear that this guy is a guy who's when he's on, he's on, you know, and he's telling stories, he's zigging and zagging, he's talking about getting into writing. And usually when people are talking about getting into writing in Hollywood, it's like a boring story. And I'm sure he's jazzed up his story, but it's still amazing, uh, an amazing story of setting up like a fake uh, agent, uh, a fake agent for himself and a fake agency and making all these calls and doing the hustle. And this is the early 90s and there could be a movie about this. And I feel like he's the kind of guy who like when he talks about things and frames things, it's like this is this is a story, right? Like he's creating the story. So it is really engaging. um, And it's an hour and it doesn't feel like an hour at all. It's It's a breeze, the section with him in it. No, I agree. I agree. And it, yeah, so it was just after when they get into the episode recap, that's when I did that. And yeah, sometimes the discussion would be ahead. Sometimes the episode would be ahead, but it would it would automatically sometimes just sync up as well. So that actually wasn't a bad way to watch it. And I think mm-hmm. if they did something more like that with whatever the max version is, that would be kind of cool. I don't know if that's what they do. Uh, but yes, going back to Terrence Winter, um, and I, I guess this whole journey we've been on with this podcast, listening to celebrity rewatch podcasts, it's clear to me because every time I talk about this, it's like I don't want to hear them recap the episode. So maybe I'm just not the audience for these. But then again, I just I also feel like even if you're into a rewatch podcast, um, I don't I don't know if this is just biased or what, but I feel like. Unless it's the writer, um, you'd almost rather you'd, you'd rather just hear someone who's a little bit more astute or has like uh, you know media experience to just break down their interpretations rather than an actor just saying, and then this scene happens, and this scene happens, and this scene happens. Because hmm. uh, in yeah. a weird way, like you almost don't want to hear a, the writer say it because that closes the book in some ways of being like, this is what I meant. And I know writers say this and sometimes I hate when they say this or directors say this and I hate when they say this. They're like, well, I want to let the audience like interpret. But then I think even though I hate when they say that, I think I want that as well. I don't want someone to definitively answer something unless they've done something so weirdly obtuse and fucking, uh, you know, artistic douche, douche that I have no idea what they mean. And I'm like, please tell me. What are you trying to say here? But then again, that's just me. I'd rather hear guys like us, maybe even not us, just someone who's like uh, an entertainment writer or something, but they're very, they have very good takes. I'd like to hear their read on something rather than just a list of the plot. But that's just me. Yeah. I mean, we obviously did recap the episodes on our Sopranos podcast, uh, and we do in general, because it gives a good structure and makes sure you're not missing stuff. But they're meant to be just things to spin off of. And they yeah. do that to an extent, right? Like when they're yeah. talking, because this is the um, Christopher Moltisanti heavy episode in a sense, like the scene where, because in, in this episode of the Sopranos, Michael Imperioli's character is uh, he's in an acting class, um, which is a fun thing for a mobster to be in because he's trying to get better at writing because he wants to write Hollywood scripts about uh, gangsters and things like that. But in this acting class, he kind of touches on something that's too real because the thing he's acting out is kind of makes him think of his own uh, family and and, uh, stuff like that. And they do 
spin off that discussion, right? Like they talk about James Dean, when the bit you referenced where he's like, who are these people? I want to beat them up. It's because he has all this respect for James Dean as an actor. And these are things that might not be in a writer's mind, right? Like there are different Mm -hmm. types of takes. Um, And they later on, they also do get into how embodying the feelings of a character can take a toll on you, which is relevant to the episode because it's exactly what happens like in the show as well. And they're talking about how James Gandolfini, when he was like always acting angry and stuff like this, he he was getting like, it, it, it takes a toll on you. So that is kind of, that is relevant. They do that to an extent, but at the same time, there was this bit where I made a note like an hour and 45 minutes in where um, there's a scene where uh, James Gandolfini's character is finally back in therapy. It's been an ongoing arc for the past five episodes of the show. And there's this line where uh, Tony says, I wish it was me in there. And his therapist says, giving the beating or taking it? And in, out of context, that doesn't make much sense. But I just reference it because it's such a pivotal line to the episode, to yep. the season, to understanding Tony as a character and what the show is trying to do. And in the podcast... Steven, uh, Steve uh, Schripper just kind of reads it and then there's silence and then they move to the next scene. And I'm like, how can you not go like, yeah. oh, that's such a good fucking line and it means yeah. this and that. And like, he's been trying to talk to this other character, but it's not happening and he's in a bad place, but he doesn't have anyone challenging him. And that kind of assertment from her shows why they have such a good dynamic and there's so much to talk about there. And it's just nothing, nothing. They just yeah. kind of list off what happens and move on. Yeah, no, you're yeah, you're right. Uh, but like, like you said, there are times because it's weird. It's is like for a recap. I mean, I guess, I, I guess I'm really curious to what people do want from a like an actor recap show. Like, do they want them to get into that stuff on like the meaning behind that and what it means for the characters and what it means going forward or what it's if it recontextualizes things from the past. Um. Because at the same time, they do give some stuff which I like. Like, again, like we talked about the James Dean thing. Um, I like when they talk. I wish they went a little bit more into the Gandolfini stuff because I've, I'm, I'm, I've always been super curious because J- James Gandolfini, obviously an amazing actor, amazing as Tony Soprano, but it does feel like if he was alive now, and I mean, even this was probably before he died, he had this this sentiment like i don't think he likes the sopranos and that's always tough for a fan base to deal with of like mm-hmm. someone who's so intertwined with it and you almost want to be the the character in the simpsons that's like when you were lost in the wizard's cave why didn't you just use the blood like when they have like a star trek convention joke and like the actors don't know what you're talking about and i think gandolfini would be totally like that i mean i think there's many things that show he was a good guy as far as like taking care of the crew and stuff like that. But then also there are stories of him disappearing for days. And, you know, uh, I don't know if he had issues with like alcohol or maybe drugs, but I also feel like, yes, he, you know, they mentioned that he called the writers vampires. I'm not sure what Mm -hmm. they used from his life specifically Mm -hmm. that he was referring to. Um, But yeah, I feel like he probably had a decent amount of contempt for the show and then even this weird renaissance of the show. I mean, maybe with more time and reflection, he would look more positively on it, or maybe it would just annoy him even more. But again, like those are like things I'd like to hear about. Um, but yeah, they do, then, but then when it comes to a show like Sopranos, where yes, lines like that are things 
to like extrapolate extrapolate on and discuss and they're just on to the next because maybe they need to talk talk about steve's dog and if he's wearing a talking soprano shirt you know (laughs) yeah which by the way so in the in the middle i have a few things to say about that but yeah in the middle of the show um uh, Steve brings up a dog that's wearing a Talking Sopranos shirt, but they don't reference it in the audio that it's a Talking Sopranos shirt. Um, um, yeah. So I just listened to the audio version, and I'm just all of a sudden, I, like the momentum really dies after uh, Terrence Winter leaves because it's like he's the whole, uh, holding up his dog saying, say hi to Uncle Michael or whatever, and that goes on for what seems like an hour or two. Yeah. Um, I, and what's the deal with the baseball stuff? Because they're like talking about... Uh, baseball game or something uh, is this a bit jim is your bitometer yeah, going off i don't think it was a bit but yeah i mean i guess this i didn't mind though because this was just like a personal thing and i i mean i guess it's kind of interesting like hey you were at that game i was at that game like yeah that's, that's true fine but i get what you're saying because yes it's it's a, a it's a bizarre transition um because especially like i hate it enough when someone has their baby and they're just and you're standing there and they're going say hi to jim say hi or no say thank you say thank you jim thank thank you uncle jim come on say it and you have to stand there like it doesn't have to say it and but they're like no 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 he's gonna say it and but this is even worse because it's with a dog <laughs> it's yeah like, dog's not gonna say anything uh <laughs> so like what are we doing here um i did love the ben gazara stuff um even though i didn't know offhand who ben gazara was he's an actor when they said roadhouse and i looked it up real quick i'm like hell yeah he's like the main villain in roadhouse so what was this stuff? Will you explain the context? This, this is when they're bringing up... Um, okay, because, yeah, they're talking about the acting class, which I, I this is a good discussion, obviously, for Michael Imperioli because he's calling out actors in the scene. He's like, that person worked on this play. That person yeah. worked on this play. He's also clearly a New York actor. He came up in scenes like this. So yeah, yeah. he can... He would even say, like, you know, we didn't do this in my acting class, but this is the blah, blah, blah method. Uh, this is why you do that. So, which, but I feel like that's mainly relevant because there's like literal acting happening in the yes, show, so it's true. super relevant, and he can comment that's on it, true. which is great. Like, it's it's honestly, as I said, being able to talk about that, and the they get into James Dean, but that's only because like the acting teacher in the show is like, don't do a James Dean impression, yes. to and that's his what, character, and he has yeah. opinions about James Dean out of character. Sorry, I interrupted you there, but just yeah. wanted to emphasize like that's good. But it's because it it's literal, acting in the show that yeah. that's relevant. <laughs> it's literally on this. It's not even like, I mean, and again, this comes up a lot with these discussions, and it, it is tough, I guess, because yes, it's been over a decade, or it's been, or almost two decades since they filmed this stuff, and so you can't always expect a lot of on-set stories. But like, I would expect a little bit more of like, oh, when we we're shooting this, blah blah blah. But yes, yeah, so they bring up the. James Dean impression. Steve's like, hey, give us your impression. Uh, oh, well, no, because he does an impression of Pesci in the later mm-hmm. scene when he's talking to Adrian. He's like, give us your Pesci impression. He's like, I don't remember. I can't do a Pesci impression. He's like, the only <laughs> impression I can do is Ben Gazzara, who's like an obscure character actor uh, <laughs> who was the villain in Roadhouse. I mean, I guess he's in a lot of other older stuff that I haven't seen. And he's kind of doing the impression. But then he's also telling kind of funny stories of the guy on set where they're telling him to wear sandals or something. And he's like, no, I'm not wearing sandals, honey. Like, we're not, no one's looking at the sandals. If we're looking at the sandals, everyone's in trouble here. Like, <laughs> such a classic uh, old-timey actor thing to be saying. Like, 
ah, I'm reading the New York Times or whatever. I'm re- what do you what do you give me the sports section? I'm reading the art section. I'm an actor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know that stuff. I enjoy. Uh, I had no idea what the fuck they were talking about in that part because I don't know this actor, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I guess they're ha- they're hanging out. You know, they're having a good time. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it is amazing that he can remember that story, which was probably like ten years before The Sopranos. But uh, I mean, maybe I guess some episodes probably have more onset stories you remember and some don't. But that's kind of the meat of what I would think to hear when I when I turn on if it's not a writer discussing their show, because the writer obviously is going to get more into character motivations and different story ideas they may have had as they were breaking a show. The actor, I would think you'd be hearing more about working with the director if you had some insight with the writer and um discussions you may have had to how you figured out i mean obviously i don't think steve is is steve even in this episode so he's kind of at a disadvantage there he is but he doesn't have a he doesn't talk in it he's just Ah, okay so i mean i can't hold him to task for that because obviously this is as his character is like a new character on the show um but yeah i don't know there's there's some good and bad i guess like any of these i do like their rapport um i do think steve is a little dumb um and maybe that's the charm I, I don't know i wrote down steve's voice sounds like he's dying which is maybe mean to write about a guy who's like in his 60s or whatever yeah. uh but he it does like there is an aspect of this that is kind of like um fake doctors real friends which is a very appropriate title now that we think about it um but there's an aspect of this that feels a little like hanging out with the guys on the show True. uh but, you know, with less of a possibility of getting killed. Uh, so yeah. that's good. And more like, because it's kind of like, you know, they talk about all these these acting things. But also Steve's like, or one of them's like, do you ever see someone grab another guy by the balls, like a tough guy or whatever? <laughs> yeah, and they're referencing yeah. like growing up in these areas. And Terry Winter talks about how, you know, oh, I knew this guy. Well, I didn't know him. I knew of him. Like this, like all these actual real life gangsters, because there's a lot of like, overlap there's people in the sopranos who've been to jail for uh you know relevant crimes um mm. so i don't know uh but i guess that's the thing with with steve he he is he does seem a lot like his character i guess which is kind of an insult but also he's great on the show so i don't know yeah uh, not this show but the sopranos <laughs> yes yeah. and well going back to the terrence winter stuff because i think there's a lot of great stuff there yeah like you said talking about growing up and like, yeah, he was kind of in the vicinity of like Tony Circo plays Pauly, who he, at the time he said, I guess he was known around town as junior Circo. The DeMeo crime family is, is brought up as one of the major inspirations kind of for the Soprano. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are they? They're not a family. They're a glorified crew uh, for, right. <laughs> for the glorified crew. Uh, just being like, you know, I, I, be, deciding to just go to law school and be a lawyer, but like living off of TV and movies and realizing you made a, such a big mistake. Like like you said, you know, it's such a a great story uh, to hear. And even just hearing about like uh, writing X scripts and it's amazing like, where this guy is now and how he's respected as like his name. You'll see, I've seen his name. I mean, obviously outside of Sopranos, they mentioned how he like created boardwalk empire. I think he's involved in one of these other shows. I don't, he might be involved in that Stallone show that just came out or came out a few months mm. ago. Um, but like 
that he started with sitcoms and like he's just watching Home Improvement a lot and being like, all right, all right, how can I write a Home Improvement script? And I mean, I guess because you and uh, my, you and myself are like failed writers, so we love to hear <laughs> about writers. And you know, I can totally relate. Where he's like, yeah, just sitting there with an empty uh, with an empty screen trying to figure out what to write. Um, and then like, yeah, coming up with a fake agency, almost getting hired for the Fresh Prince, you know, uh, working over a weekend to write a Wonder Years script. One of my favorite things. And again, I don't think that like, I don't think my insights that deeper than anyone else is anyone with a cursory glance at the Sopranos and like how the show works as you start to get into how they deal with climaxes and how they deal with overall narratives like you get the feeling of how david chase is and i you know on our cut to black i would always talk about how david chase has contempt for the audience mm -hmm. and it was really great to kind of be almost confirmed here when terrence winter's yeah. talking about the russian and having an idea of just having a small nod to the russian and chase is like yeah all right that's a fun idea you know like uh christopher's gonna go into a deli and see him sweeping up and get worried but then we see that he's got like clearly head damage from being shot in the back of the head and he knows him, but he doesn't know where he knows him. And then he happened to mention like, Oh, the audience is going to love this. And then David Chase was like, what? They're going to love this. Fuck this. We're not doing that. That's then. the worst reason to be doing anything. He said, that's so great. I, I mean, I was going to say, actually, we know David Chase, not yeah. personally like these motherfuckers. Um, yeah. But when you were saying earlier that you don't necessarily want the writer there saying definitively how things were and, you know, all this stuff, uh, it, it's not really relevant in the case of David Chase, right? Because he's going to be uh, at this show in general because they're going to be like, nah, fuck that. We're going to do our own thing. Um, but yeah, it's funny that Terrence Winter is like, oh, we'll do this. Like the audience will love it. And David Chase is like, no, fuck yeah. that. And obviously it was great like for us, any Sopranos fan to hear uh, about these episodes they thought about doing but didn't end up doing. Like, oh yeah, we had mm -hmm. one idea about maybe a kid breaks into Tony's house and it's like all, it's like a bottle episode. It's all shot in the house and he, yeah. in the end he has to kill the kid or whatever. Um, and just hearing about various ideas that that didn't quite make it. That's what I want from a podcast on a TV show that involves folks that are in it. But I guess I'm just at the end of our season here. I'm left wondering why are there so many actor ones and so few writer ones? Because and I know that we're going to be biased, right? Because we're more into the writing. We're not actors. We're more into the writing aspect. So yeah. we're going to enjoy those parts more. But we've gravitated towards those episodes on these various shows. And usually we've been like, those were the most interesting parts. Um, so why are there so few of them? Because it seems like a no brainer. Is it just like, because these are corporate productions most of the time we should say talking sopranos doesn't seem to be affiliated with any network as far as no. we can tell seems like a self-driven enterprise i mean i'm sure they have other people involved in the making of it and so on but not necessarily sponsored like i'm not sure that anyone came to them that was from a big network like iHeartRadio or Earwolf or whatever, they didn't come to them and went like, hey, make this show. And then they made the show just because. So that's always a nice aspect. Um, but in general, is that why there are so many actor ones? Because you want a face that you recognize from the show and that's more nostalgia. Yeah. Or are writers just not interested in doing it? Uh, I don't know. No, that's absolutely what I was going to say is because you need that face to select. Because, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'd still do well uh with a writer podcast because i think people that are really interested in tv like 
you know, you end up if you if you're if you're big into TV, you start to you you start to recognize names like oh this yeah. you know Joss Whedon, whatever it might be, David Chase, uh, even like Bill Lawrence, something like that. Like you start to know who is like oh that's they made a great show and then they made three great shows. Holy shit, this this person's uh, good or this person wrote for three of my favorite shows, whatever it might be. Amy Sherman Palladino. Now I guess part of it is also I I guess as a writer you probably don't want to sink time into, you know, doing a podcast because it's like you could spend that time writing or whatever it might be. Couldn't they spend this time acting? Is it just because all these actors, is it because there's like a perfect amount of time since these shows have existed, people have retired or just, you know, take it more easy in their, because it takes it more easy in their acting life in general. At the same time, like Stephen Tripp is on Blue Bloods or whatever, like as a main character, I think. So Hmm. I don't know. I Is think it actors have a shelf life that writers don't? You can keep writing until you die versus actors, once you hit a certain age, they're like, get the fuck out of here. I think an actor would have more time. Because even if the very least, because I mean, again, I haven't worked on a set, but you always hear about it, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. So even if sometimes you're just hanging out in your trailer, like, all right, you got two hours to your on set. Like, okay, let's go hop on Zoom and record our podcast. Oh, you mean more time like that? I meant like more time like in their career until their career is over. Because a writer can just keep going. It doesn't matter how old they look. An actor, especially if you're a woman, God forbid, like if you hit 40, get the fuck out of here. That's not me saying that. That's the industry. I'm thinking literal just time. Because again, Mm -hmm. like even going back to Parks and Recollection, like that's why that guy, the writer, I forget his name now, but he basically wasn't on the episode because he was show running a show. And I feel like with if you are actively working, like if you're on a show, I mean, at least from again, I haven't done this. I don't have personal experience, but I've read up a lot on it. You're between being in a writer's room, uh, breaking stories, actually writing. And then, you know, at least at a time when they weren't on strike, maybe now they're on strike, we'll get a lot more. Um, but when they weren't on strike, you hear that they'll be on set for notes or whatever. I mean, then again, you do have something like Vince Gilligan's podcast where whenever he has a show, he's, he's there to at least break down the episodes. So I don't know. I, I think it does come. It's a, two, a few things. I think probably the time commitment with payback because with the amount that you'd get back, just because you don't have that brand recognition mm-hmm. of like, Oh, do I want to listen to, I mean, maybe Mindy Kaling could do it because she wrote for the office and was on the office and is like a recognizable face, or you have to do the parks and recollection thing where, you can do it, but you got to make sure you pull someone from the show because that's that. You, I mean, you think about it from our point of view. When we try to launch a podcast, we try to make a cool thumbnail. That's your thumbnail. You need that yeah, face. Yeah. You need that person from the show to have someone click on it. Yeah, I, I, and I, if we're you know talking about this show's artwork and reviewing it that's exactly what it is right and that's what it is in a lot of these it's like the face of the guys the face of the people involved i think probably a large part of it is no one's coming to all of these writers saying hey do you want to make a podcast because we think it would sell i think you're right there if you have the face you have the star power um but i think it's a mistake in that i think the writers would have equally if not more interesting insights and probably the parks and recollection aspect uh, or approach is a good one um but yeah, I don't know. I'm just a stand for all the writers, I guess. I guess. And I was going to say the Breaking oh. Bad podcast and the Vince Gilligan podcast is a yeah. is a uh, the different ones. There, that's the exception that proves the rule, I think, because I can't think of many other ones unless they are like 
yeah, official podcasts of the show kind of thing that are coming up out in sequence. There's usually not heavy involvement from the showrunners because they're going to be they're the ones pitching ideas for shows, right? Or selling ideas for shows. They don't get people coming to them with ideas for a podcast, you know, because who gives a shit? I have to make a TV show. <laughs> yeah, it feels like because we haven't the, the ones we're focusing on are rewatches. Whereas, yeah, like a Vince Gilligan podcast, that's almost just marketing for the show. So it feels like it's probably built into the show's budget somehow. It's also like part of the marketing and it kind of doesn't really ensure like a lifespan of your show, but I think it helps to be like, hey, there's a fan base. This is going to keep us working on this show. Uh, Whereas I guess there's less upside to be a writer discussing a show you did five years ago when you could be trying to sell a new show. Cause think about like the creator of the OC, like he's on that podcast and from the, the gist we got, he's probably on a, 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 a bit like probably more than some of these other shows where they've had like on the 90210 one, they had the creator on. But then if you mm. look at those, like I think was it Darren star created 90210 and it's like, I forget his name that created the OC, they're, they have active shows going. Like, they're still working. So I'm sure maybe down the line, they'll be like, all right, now I can do my own Beverly Hills 90210 podcast <laughs> once I'm uh, all done writing. Um, maybe you're just sick of it as a writer because you spent so much time with a show yeah. and then you're like, you know, yeah. you're like James Gandolfini or David Chase after the fact. You're like, I cannot imagine any world where James Gandolfini and David Chase alive doing a podcast about the Sopranos. That is like yeah. the opposite of what would happen, yeah. right? Because uh, yeah. they'd be off doing something else or just hanging out. Uh, I've <laughs> which, actively, I've spent, you know, months or if not years of my life thinking about Tony Soprano and AJ and how what is their relationship like and what is their back and forth last thing I want to do is talk more about Tony Soprano and AJ but me over here explain a bunch of shit to these dumbass audience like why would I want to do that but me over here I'm like give it to me tell me all about just Tony and AJ you don't even talk to me for three hours about only Tony and AJ and nothing else yeah well, before we get into actually ranking the show alongside all the different ones we've done this season, there was one big revelation I had, um, just a personal revelation that I wanted to bring to you because I was looking at the title, Talking Sopranos, right? I was like, yeah. why is it called Talk? Like, it's not clever. It's not a pun. Yeah. Why talk? And then I was like, holy shit it was one of those moments you know when you're moving the camera closer to a person but you're zooming it out or vice versa get that effect with the background Mm -hmm. like you know if you don't know this effect it's like when frodo is looking up the road and the ring rate's gonna come it's like i had that moment and i was like and and i was like chris hardwick we can pin maybe maybe all of this Maybe all of this, Jim, goes back to Chris Hardwick. Can we pin it all on this guy? Because it's called Talking Sopranos because of the show Talking Dead. Walking Dead was a TV show, and they yeah. came out with Talking Dead, which was yeah. a talk show they did after uh, after Walking Dead was on. It was on the actual TV. This started in, in like 2010, I think, uh, yeah. alongside Walking Dead. And everyone at the time, I mean... We, weren't we saying like the opposite of like why does Chris Hardwick just get to be involved in all of these things? We were saying earlier this episode like, hey, we want someone with a lot of media literacy, someone who's big into these things to be the person discussing them. And Jim, that was Chris Hardwick, and we fucking hate Chris Hardwick. Uh, but he was in, <laughs> yeah, <we do. laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but he he was that guy, and he made 
he was the host, right? And maybe it made sense to have a host of a show and then you have the showrunner on and the actor on. So you have someone who's a host who has like media literacy and can talk about themes and stuff like that. I never watched Talking Dead. Why the fuck would I? But from Talking Dead came like Talking Bad. The last season of the uh, of Breaking Bad, they had one on on Breaking Bad and it was just called Talking Bad. That's talking X talking became bad. the brand and yep. there were other talking whatever. But all it all originated from the pun of The Walking Dead, The Talking Dead. And that's carried all the way to this show that started in 2020 with these fucking guys from The Sopranos. It's Talking Sopranos because of uh, Walking <laughs> Dead, Talking Dead. And then I was like, have we been wrong to try to pin this on office ladies this whole time? Is this all Chris Hardwick's fault and not office ladies fault? Because that came out 10 years earlier. It ran for like a million seasons. Other talk shows about TV shows became more popular involving actors in talking about specific episodes. I think that's a key thing because you'd always interview an actor about their show or a showrunner about their show on, you know, fucking a late night show or whatever. But this was a dedicated show where you go episode by episode and it was on TV. And that was the case in 2010. And then as podcasts you know, became more of a mainstream thing between 2010 and and 2020. Like, it's obviously super mainstream by 2020. And then Office Ladies comes out, but I would say probably inspired by stuff like Gilmore Guys and in combination with Talking Dead and stuff like it, because that's like, oh, why don't we do that? But it doesn't have to be on TV. You can make it for cheap at home. And then everyone was like, let's make fucking a million of these. Yeah, no, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think it does like patient zero is Chris Hardwick. And yeah. it is so funny because Talking Dead is kind of clever. It's like, oh, okay, Walking Dead now, Talking Dead. And then yeah. they were like, all right, Talking Saul then. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and then he, it, it morphed into a show just called Talking with Chris Hardwick. Yeah, uh, that yeah. was supposed to just be like a general celebrity interview show but i think that was mired in controversy because then that was around when he had um allegations made against him they still ended up like releasing the show but i'd never even heard of it until just looking it up now when we're i was looking up talking dead yeah i mean i'm sure chris hardwick is still knocking around and doing a lot of stuff but there was a period of time there where he was for inexplicable reasons just like the rising star in yes he was that everything he was in everything like if basically because he was like a very mainstreamish nerd representative or pay or like managed to occupy that spot and this was at a time when i mean obviously this has been ongoing but more so and more so things that used to be nerdy were becoming more and more mainstream you know marvel movies kept coming out star wars movies kept coming out you know, Walking Dead comics turned into TV shows, et cetera, et cetera. And whenever there was a thing like that, Chris Hardwick would just be there. You know, listen to Jim and them, Jim's podcast from the time for actual commentary on Chris Hardwick and his various appearances where there's a Star Wars announcement. Chris Hardwick's going to be there. Why? He's just going to be there because he's He's the the guy. Right place, right time. He's non-threatening, mousy guy who kind of knows nerd properties, this is perfect. Like, the guy hit the fucking jackpot. Even besides that, he ended up then marrying like a uh, like a Rockefeller or something. So he like, <laughs> this guy hit the jackpot like three times over. Good for yeah, him, yeah. I guess. And relevant as far as podcasts, right? Because the reason yeah. The Talking Dead became a thing was he had a popular podcast called The Nerdist. And yes. then that was a whole podcast network or is a whole podcast network still i guess uh 
of shows. So, you know, it was, you know, Talking Dead, it was a TV show, but it was spawned from podcasts. And then it, you know, circled back around, I would say. But these are all things we can explore further I, uh, in next season if there if we do one. Uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you want a new season of this show. But these are things we can get further into. But it was just a realization I had because we kept pinning everything on the office ladies. But I don't think it's all their fault. Well, it is funny, too, because I was staring at the title earlier. And I was like, what are they going for here? And then I was mm-hmm. also thinking, like, imagine if we called our podcast Talking Sopranos before they tried to launch theirs. <laughs> Yeah, um, but we didn't. We weren't smart enough to come up with something like talking Sopranos, um, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, we just went with cut to black. Now, uh, I guess just the fact that they have a web page almost shows that they're not with a a network because it's. Uh, we found any of these ones with a big network, they don't really have a web page. They just have like a a little section on the uh, networks page. You know what I mean? And yeah. Maybe there was like one that was a little different. Um, so, I mean, I do appreciate that. I appreciate that, yeah, they're just kind of doing their own thing. The website looks fine. I, it's not amazing, but it's nice and simple. It gets to the fucking point. You got your episodes there. You got links to their favorite restaurants for some reasons. You got links to merch. Of course, you can watch the videos on um, on their YouTube channel. I mean, what are their favorite restaurants? What? Is that a... Is yeah, that a YouTube video. Well, no. When you scroll down, like if you go to the main page, you got like yeah. your menu bar at the top. You got your logo, and of course, you got the book. First thing's the book. Let's yeah. buy it. Buy the book. Then, then a link to the YouTube. You will notice if you click here for the official, or no, sorry, you you click for um the UK one. So if you click the book and then you click click here to get your UK Australia revised <laughs> book, it just doesn't go anywhere. Uh, oh, but great. you can find it on Amazon though, like I did. Below that, you got the podcast on YouTube link. Then you got your merch link. And then right below that, Michael and Steve's favorite restaurants. So I maybe this is a running thing on the uh, podcast where they talk. I mean, there's pizza spots. There's just favorite restaurants. I wonder if they make these people pay to have a little link on there, like an affiliate link. You can get some sandwiches over at Roma Italian Deli in Vegas. Oh, I've never been there. I got to go. I hope they get paid for this. That's so Roma weird. Too. It is weird. Two Vegas ones. Or is, oh, is there another Vegas one? Boulevard Bar and Grill, Las Vegas. Oh. T- I, first, I was like, there's no way that people are paying for this. But then, like, there's so many restaurants. I don't even know this many restaurants. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, we got to respect the fact that they have their own website. They're yes. not on a network uh, you know they're they're they show and hustle when it comes to merch they got everything they got a hats tank tops different hats uh a hat uh, <laughs> a mug that says steve shrippa motherfucks the world hosted <laughs> by michael imperioli which is probably one of their famous bits probably a um, bit i do know that there was a bit and maybe it wasn't even fully a bit when i was listening to the other episodes where steve shrippa has a beef with robert de niro and he's always okay. calling them out <laughs> So that's a thing. Good for them. Steve Sherp, a motherfucks the world. Yeah, and as far as the art, it should be said as well. Like it, it's it's not bad. It's you know it's talking Sopranos, but in the Sopranos logo, the uh, one of the letters is a gun, right? And in this one, instead, one of the letters is a microphone. So yeah. you know that's good. That's like pretty, that. That's that's fun. Yeah, they're showing a lot of business acumen. They're keeping this thing going. They've got live shows coming up, even though the show ended like two years ago. I don't know why I assumed this show was still going. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, of I course, they started when we finished. I, I think yeah. it's just the usual like 
you're older than you think, Jacob, kind of thing. Plus, I mean, we with with uh, quarantine and stuff, like there's a good 18 months that were just like lost to the void. True. It feels like it never happened. One thing looking at one of their shirts, this must be a bit and it's kind of fun, is the limited edition shirt. It says Talking Sopranos with their logo. And then it says with and Steve Chirpa's name is really big. And then yeah. Michael Imperioli's name is really small. So yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, they should do both and then tell people to buy whichever one they like more. Yeah. So it could be like a voting thing because they yeah. made sell more shirts. This is just my business acumen showing up uh, for some reason, fucking five years late. <laughs> um, Their theme yeah. song is kind of, I mean, it's just it's whatever. It doesn't really stand out to me as anything. They don't really have much of an intro music. They have more of it at the end, and I thought it was very not Sopranos-y, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe the Sopranos just doesn't have a musical have vibe a, besides the intro. They have a link, although... Because they have a link. Listen to our theme song. And they have this guy's SoundCloud, but it's just his music. Which one of these is the theme song? I don't think any of these are labeled. Well, I googled Tommy oh, Sopranos go. intro and long, long way, way to know to now. Yeah, this thing. Ah, it just sounds like something you might find in a like uh, royalty-free. Like, hey, this is kind of a royalty-free free thing we can use. That's. I don't want to be like offensive to the person who made it but my thought was like at, at the outro when they're like shouting out his soundcloud and everything i was like is this like <laughs> is this good enough to be <laughs> from someone and not just be like you know one of those free sounds it also doesn't sound anything like the intro to the sopranos or anything like that so i don't know what they're going for i guess just they needed some music someone had some music fair mm. enough it's uh, it's not very good yeah, I mean, it's not. I guess it's not bad. I don't want to shit on like royalty free music, but yeah, it just it doesn't really stand. It it could be for anything, like you said. It doesn't feel yeah. sopranosy. Like some of the other ones, they might be like a slight takeoff of like the uh, the TV show's theme song, or it might be like a more, more, more. You know, maybe their bands. Yeah. So I want to kiss you more. Although Michael Imperioli has music, he has a band mm. called Sopa. Why wouldn't he just use Zopa music for the mm, intro? Maybe strip a fucking uh, nix that fucking idea. Uh, I just want to hear a real quick from Red Sky from Zopa. What, what is he? Uh, does he sing on this? Do you think? Let's hope so. Let's wait for it to kick in. Yeah. Where'd you get your paws on? Where'd you get your guns on? Sounds almost like um fuck. Uh, I recorded in Denmark. I forget the name of that band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the Sopranos reference. Um yeah, I mean it's whatever, it's fine. It sounds like a band, I guess. Doesn't sound any more Sopranos than what they're using, I guess. That's um, true. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. So, so we got the the merch. How much money they're making? I think clearly they're making some cash between these live shows and book. the book. Now they're on HBO Max. Uh, that's it is impressive because it's not like from the impression we're getting. This was not like an HBO was like, hey, we need a Sopranos podcast. Oh it no! Like, yeah, they did a Sopranos podcast. They did it. They stuck to it. They did it well enough that it became huge because it had the actors and everything. And then nature was like, oh, shit. 
yeah, we'll fucking put this on our platform. I'm sure they get something good out of that. So I, I didn't really hear them reading ad reads. At least I don't know if you got any ads at all. I just no. got just generic ads that I got. I think one of the ads was for like tampons. And I was like, why am I getting tampon ads? What did I do wrong? Did something <laughs> on my phone wrong? <laughs> yeah, you uh, thought your your phone thought you were listening to made women, but it was talking yeah, Sopranos. Exactly. So ownership structure again. I mean, I assume they basically own this. Uh, yeah. So that that's always appreciated. I feel, and then and it does feel the, like they are, even though they're obviously involved, they're not going to bust all the balls or whatever. But it feels a bit more free whenever they own their own thing and they're just yes. kind of doing what they want as far as the content anyway. Because even though it shouldn't be apparent, it, but if, if someone. I don't know when when they're discussing a show that's like some their main show that people have been on, and it's it's hard to believe the endless positivity from some of these shows, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, and I think we got to rank it then. Uh, so we've done ten of these. Um, what do you think? Is it is it? I mean, it's good. It's pretty good. Steve Shripa is not amazing on it as a host i didn't love the bits but with all of that set i see this is why i brought up at the start like our imagine if we hadn't watched the sopranos and didn't know who the sure. fuck these guys were we have sure. to rate it with that in mind because otherwise it's just going to be automatically number one because we love the sopranos true i mean again i would put it like i'd put it pretty high on the terrence winter part alone and it maybe it is, mm. is, is even like a testament that it's opens with that. Like if it was the other way around, like if they did a, if they were like, yeah, coming up after our episode recap, we're going to talk to Terrence Winder, the actually the writer of the episode. And we're going to get some insights from him. It's yeah. it's so much better that it starts with it. Cause I feel like that would have kept me till the end either way. Even if by the second half, I'm like, Hmm, all right, where are we going now? What is this all about? Um, but yeah, I don't want to just put it. But I'm I'm almost weirdly biased because I just don't want to put it at number one because it's like I, yeah, like like my inclination is because I like The Sopranos so much. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember. Like I did enjoy Avatar: Brave and the Elements. Which I mean, it's definitely better than currently. Welcome. It's definitely better than Welcome the OC Bitches. Yeah, I think I think that's fair enough. That's our top three currently: Fake Doctors, Real Friends, Avatar: Braving the Elements, Welcome to the OC Bitches. So I would agree it's better than Welcome to the OC Bitches. So is it better than Avatar: Braving the Elements? You know what? I'm I'm gonna say even though I probably think overall yes, but I I I want to keep it fair and I want to just keep it on these episodes like the one we're discussing, even though I've heard other ones. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to put Avatar over it because now thinking about it, because it took me a second, I forgot because it's been a while, but Avatar has the leg up because, I mean, again, partially it's because it is like a studio-backed thing, but just what we're talking about is like, why aren't more writers doing this? It basically has the creator on it for the whole episode, doesn't it? Yeah. The audio quality is also a lot better, I would yeah. say, than Talking Sopranos, but sorry, what Although, were you, I, I didn't hear that. Well, I was going to say, but is that a regular thing? Like, is the, is the creator always on the whole episode? No. Probably not. No. So, but again, I do have to just judge it off of these yeah. episodes. That's why I do think probably in the long run, Talking Sopranos would be two. But I'm going to put it at three. Um, the audio quality, yes and no, because this is also pandemic times. I don't know when that Avatar episode we listened to was recorded. So I'll kind of mm. give them the benefit of doubt on that. True, Although I true. think even 
I think probably even after the pandemic, they still recorded over Zoom. So <laughs> maybe it wouldn't even been that different with later talking Sopranos. True. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm really sorry, Jim. I think I have to get the door. There's, they've been, we'll cut this out. We just have the outro to do still. So um, they've been knocking for like 10 minutes. I don't know who the fuck they are, but I just got to go and deal with that and we'll do the outro. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hurry up, though. So, yeah. Sorry, man. Hey, Jim. Um, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but there's people at my door. There's like three of them, and they're wearing suits and masks, really weird masks. So it's not Halloween, and I don't know what's happening right now. Um, Is that who's banging on your door right now? People with fucking masks? Yes. Uh... What this is want? a safe area. This is not a thing that happens around here. I don't. I don't know. I think if I just leave it, I think they didn't see me. So I'm just going to pretend there's no one here, and we can just keep doing the show. Might wait a few minutes just to make sure uh, they're not going to fucking break in. <laughs> How far away? Like, is your? Are you in a remote area? Uh, no, no. Um, but I don't know if anyone. Uh, there's I I am not dealing with it, so I don't really expect any of my neighbors to deal with it either. To be honest, um, well, let's just stay on the stream. I don't, are, is there police? Do you guys have police there? What's going on? They're called guards in Ireland. They're called the guards, uh, but it's spelled weird. Are you hearing this? Can you hear this? I'm pointing the no, mic. Yeah, it sounds that sounds pretty close. I you better get the guards on the line immediately. Okay, I'm going to take my headphones off because I need to pay attention. But yeah, please stay on the line, Jim. All right, man. Jacob? Jacob? Who's there? Jacob? Hello, Jim. Jacob? Might want to get the door, Jim. The office ladies send their regards. Cut to black.